The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 92. How has sports sponsorship developed from the last 20 years? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. Out of interest, I have a question for you for a change. Yep, if you're listening to this, I mean you. What would you like to know more about working in the sports industry? In the resource section relating to this blog post, there is a survey which is about answering that one question. I'd love to hear your answer, and if I can point you in the right direction with regards to your sports career ambitions, that'd be fantastic, and I'd love to help. Now, as always, I'd like to provide you with a special guest who is an expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports sponsorship. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is James Robinson. James is the Group Commercial Director at Limelight Sports. With over 20 years of experience working in the sports industry, especially in sports sponsorship and mass participation, I can happily say that it's great to have James as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, James will share his sports career journey and explain to you the impact of sports sponsorship and how's it developed from the last 20 years. James, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Thanks, Ed. Uh, Great to be on the show also. Um, I've been doing this now for about 25 years, so it started in the early 90s. I was a cold-calling telesales operative with a telephone and a phone book and a desk. And it was a great experience. Learned how to communicate with people very quickly, get your message across. It was a very old-fashioned sales method, but great learning curve. Uh, I then spent 10 years with Brendan Foster, the former Olympian and BBC commentator, in various commercial roles uh, with a company that was known as Nova International, now Great Run Company, which was amazing fun and learned a lot about the wider industry of the sport. After that, I moved abroad to Hamburg in Germany and spent three years with the international agency Lagardère before I was headhunted to head up IMG's mass participation sports business uh, back in London, and I was there for five years. And then had a brief foray into mergers and acquisitions before I joined Limelight as their group commercial director where I'm currently based. That's really interesting. Would you mind sharing to listeners your academic background? Yes, after school I went to Liverpool John Moores University and had a uh, studied uh, BSc in Applied Psychology, uh, which I'd done at A-level and loved it and uh, was fascinated by the whole psychology and human beings and the interaction between human beings and all that kind of stuff. A lot of the listeners are studying psychology. Out of interest, how has that supported you now looking back? I think the industry that I'm in is very much relationship-based. It's all about people buying people, 
So I think the psychology degree has helped me to understand, you know, different personalities, how people diff how people react to different uh, uh, interactions, and you know, learning about things like without getting too uh, Freudian and psychoanalysis on you, uh, learning and reading body language and signals and buying signals has certainly helped me from a, a sales perspective to understand what I'm saying and whether what I'm saying is, is, is getting a positive or negative reaction. And that has helped me to, I guess, on the fly, adjust my conversation or my sales presentation uh, when in a face-to-face in -face environment. Just from a sports industry perspective, what career skills have supported you? Oh, God. Um, I think in terms of... Uh, Go on, explain the question a little bit more in terms of... With regards to the psychology, you need good communication skills, but at the end of the day, it's all about results with the companies you work for. Sure. And for the listeners listening in who want to work in this industry, how what career skills, looking back, have been a, a huge factor with regards to your growth? Because just quickly, working for IMG is a really big company and very competitive, so you've got to stand out from an employment standpoint. Sure. Um... Being from a commercial background and working in the commercial, it's very easy to measure in a binary sense success because there is um, always a number or a target against your um, your employment. Um, so I think you know it's quite easy to measure, but it does make you quite exposed in terms. Of it's probably the most exposed environment that you're in because it's very much uh, sales orientated. Um, I think in terms of career skills, it's, um, you know, the ability to interact with people, the ability to build relationships, the ability to build trust. As I said before, people buy people. So it's about you as a personality and being trustworthy and being able to, um, you know, demonstrate the value of the proposition you're at. Understanding what the consumer or the client wants is, is, is a real key. And actually... You know, what I've learned over time is you've got to listen to what the client wants and then basically play back to them the solution that you can provide based on what they tell you. That's fantastic and sort of relates to today's main topic. Again, from a sports sponsorship perspective, how have you seen that developed from the last 20 years? Um, I think in terms of the development over time, um, the, the, the biggest development overall has been the way people communicate with each other. Um, the you know the the growth of social media with Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and all that kind of thing has made it has made people more connected. Um, I think going back to my my belief about the relationship side, it's still incredibly important to build those relationships. And one of the one of the challenges in the industry is that you know new people to the environment can often hide behind I've sent an email, I've spoken to somebody on LinkedIn. But actually what they haven't done is develop that relationship. In terms of the sponsorship industry as a whole, I don't think it's changed hugely over the 20 years. Um, you know, people are still talking about dots and spots in terms of brand awareness and uh, TV exposure. Um, clearly with the development of over-the-top uh, TV solutions with the likes of Netflix and Facebook and Amazon coming into live streaming. Actually the way... Uh, consumers uh, consume the product has changed which has meant the sponsorship industry has had to react to that 
and it's a lot more now about creating engaging content um, that is short and sharp, that gets across the brand affinity, rather than it being, um, you know, spending millions and millions of pounds on, you know, a huge amount of television exposure. Although, saying that, even when brands say to us that dots and spots and brands exposure is not important, one of the first challenges I ever have if I'm trying to sell a product that's not TV related is it's not on television. So, you know, the, the, the industry is in a sort of a, a, a flux phase for me in that dots and spots are still important, but as it's moving towards social media, the ability to measure accurately social media and the value of social and digital campaigns is where the industry is moving. I know you mentioned earlier that you've worked in must participation sport. Does sponsorship have an impact just on elite sport? Can it have the same results in mass participation? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think in terms of elite sport, obviously, depending on what it is, you know, football dominates pretty much everything. Um, as a ex-pretend footballer, I'm, I'm, I still watch football quite regularly. Although as a Newcastle United fan, it's a pretty miserable existence watching that. Um, but yeah, I think there's been, there have been a few occasions where studies showing the impact on mass participation sports through an elite sponsorship has not had a great impact. Um, but in terms of elite sports like rugby and cricket and golf, you know, those sort of blue ribbon sports, they still dominate. Mass participation has had to be more innovative. It has had to be um, a little smarter and it's had to play on the ability to create great experiences. And going back to the question before about how sponsorship has changed, certainly the millennial audience that everybody is going after now, they are all about experiences and sharing with their friends rather than more materialistic purchasing decisions. Just going back to your career now, would you mind explaining to listeners where you work and the type of work you're doing at the moment? Sure. So Limelight Sports um, is a sports marketing agency. They are um, basically creating campaigns um, for brands to connect with their consumer, but rooted through live experiences. Um, what I talk about live experiences, we are even more specialist um, because our live experiences are sports related and also participation related. Just on a personal note now, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career, looking back now? From a playing perspective, um, I represented Northumberland County um, and had two uh, England schools finals at my mecca of St James's Park, which is Newcastle United's home ground. So I am played 2-1-2 at St James's Park. Not many people can have that record, which I'm incredibly proud of. From a sporting perspective... Um, and from a, a professional career perspective, I was one of the uh, individuals instrumental in uh, developing Colour Run um, as a new event. Uh, when I was at IMG, Colour Run was going gangbusters in the US. It was created by a guy called Travis Schneider. And IMG were fortunate enough to secure the worldwide license for Colour Run. So I actually took a, a, a product in um, America and spread it through the IMG network. And that ended up being 50 uh, events delivered across multiple territories for IMG with an incredible engagement of, of fans and, and an audience um, with some amazing brands that you would never get involved in sports sponsorship. So we had Dulux and Skittles and companies like that who were really tapping into the experiential millennial 
um, product that we that we created. I find this really interesting, and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview. Where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in sports sponsorship? Follow your heart. Um, you have got to, you know, my, my advice to anybody who's, who's at student level now is you spend a long time at work. Um, so you've got to do something that you're passionate about. And in terms of sports sponsorship, it is a great experience. You have an amazing exposure to unbelievable sporting properties. Um, it's hard, so you know, be resilient, um, be determined, um, learn all about the new stuff that's out there in terms of social media, and understand that because that's the way the world is going. Understand content is king, and just enjoy yourself. That is great. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. I think James Robinson twenty eight is my uh, LinkedIn profile. James R forty three forty three on Twitter. And we also have at Limelight Sports um, as our company um, LinkedIn profile, which you can follow all of the stuff that we're doing in terms of uh, activities and campaigns. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. James, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks, Ed. What a fascinating interview from James. And I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. With regards to today's main topic, there is clear indication that sponsorship has developed but also there are areas like television rights where people companies still like to be on the tv because there are figures that back it up compared to the new way which i think will be the future with regards to streaming through social media and engagement with regards to that method but from a career perspective there is one area i want to highlight and James is right, and I'm learning off him. He certainly has taught me a few things while I met him a few times at a dinner event that people do by people, and it comes to that type of communication which really indicates who you are and what you stand for with regards to your sports career ambitions. And for me, James and his experience is fantastic, and I would highly recommend you seeing what Limelight Sport does because for me, they have the right values and that's what the sports industry is about as well. So I really do hope you found this podcast episode interesting and helpful, which you can apply to your sports career ambitions going forward and good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. James said, my advice to any student level now is you spend a long time at work, so you've got to do something you're passionate about so you enjoy the work you do every day.